pain, pain, go away. Come again, another day. Oh, pain, pain, go away. Little children want to play. Oh, pain, pain. Hey, hey, loving beings out there. So that's my pain, pain, please go away song. So I tend to dance gently and I sing or chant a simple rhyme, a lullaby or even a mantra when I am in discomfort or in pain. It's not about how I sound or look on the outside. It's about me getting in touch with myself. It's like I'm sending good vibrations back into my mind, body and energetic system, asking it to please release the things I don't need, like blockages, toxins and tensions all trapped in my body that are causing me the pain. It works for me. So if you want to give it a try, why not? Don't be shy. So this episode is part three on pain. Hopefully by now, we're all aware that pain is a useful signal. And yet I do realize that for many of us, pain can sometimes outlast its usefulness And the chronic kind is often misdiagnosed by over-specialized care systems, limited by the options that the toolbox that this specialized care has to offer. I mean, everything can start to look like a nail when all you have is a hammer, right? Think about it. So, what we need is more options to help us rewire what is often a body-mind disconnect or a body-mind disease. And we have you covered on the solutions department, right? The integrated solutions for pain. But before we jump in, just be mindful that we have more than one epidemic at play in our current technology and speed-oriented world. The other less obvious one is that of silver bullets, magic pills, and quick fixes that we somehow keep falling for no matter how many times they fail us. Well, as you'll hear today in the first part of our Solutions for Pain, there are simple methods that we can apply daily to deal with pain. But let's not assume that these are quick and easy fixes. Any good and lasting things in life is possible when there is clear intention, time and consistency. As always, we hope you'll find this useful. Enjoy! Welcome to the Liku Liku Podcast. It ain't funny after all. It is the place where we discuss the deeper, less comfortable experience of being human. And we relate with one another to understand how to better live in a world that has stopped making sense. Welcome to another episode of Reality Bites with Amy D in collaboration with the Liku Liku podcast. It's me, Amy Dangin, and I co-host this show with Alan Karu and Devi Kusardi. Hello, Amy. 
Hi, Ireland. Hi, Devi. Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. As mentioned in the pre-intro, this is the third part of a three-part series on pain. We have been talking about pain for the last two episodes of the Liku Liku podcast. And this is the third one um, where we dive deep into our understanding of pain, the way we have been dealing with pain, understanding what is the root cause of pain. And now uh, coming into the third part of it, we're getting into the solutions part, right? After all the things that we've talked about, we've learned fascinating, interesting things. Even for me at this age, 36 years old, and some of the things that I've gained just from the past two episodes were like, what? How did I not know this? Right. So having all this knowledge now, what? Right. So um, maybe Alan can take the mic and explain to us, share with us what would be the gist of our episode this time. And maybe also for the benefit of our listeners, especially for those who have only tuned in for the first time, you can tune into our previous two episodes, by the way via the Spotify or Anchor or the Apple Podcast app. And we also air our episodes on Reality Bites with Amy D via KK12 FM 89.5. And you can also find us on social media, Liku Liku Creative on Instagram and Liku Liku Center for Creative Therapy Kota Kinabalu, where we try as best as we can to also update the latest episodes that we talk about here on this podcast. So yeah, Alan, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Amy. So yeah, here we are. This is the truth about what we're going to be able to do about this pain. Now we understand it way better than we did before. And that gives us the opportunity to take action. But before that, uh, there's going to be some structure to, to this episode because the, the, the solutions that we want to bring are going to come into different disciplines. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But before we do that, um, just a reminder that this is a podcast and it's mm. obviously not a replacement for true medical consultation, care and advice. Mm. But for us to do this is to empower whoever's listening to this to have more options because ultimately we are the one who is going to make the decision about what we do with our body and our mind, right? And right. so we wouldn't want to later complain that somebody else did the decision for us because we're the ones who are going to have to bear the consequences of what happens as a result of that. So yeah. taking ownership over how we treat our body is very, very important. And it's not something that we can, we can skip or completely uh, outsource, as yeah. Devi said it before. Mm. And um, in terms of the, the conditions maybe that we are talking about here, we don't want to deny that there are structural causes for pain. But when it tends to um, overstay its welcome and it becomes chronic, which usually is qualified as about three months, right? You have an event right. and there's an explanation for pain. But after three months, you know, you heal and and suddenly the, the the pain shouldn't be there, but it still sticks around, sometimes even gets worse. That's when you can start questioning things. And it's also for conditions that are a little bit more nebulous and, and don't really seem to have much of an explanation. Like, for example, fibromyalgia is a poster child 
hard to pinpoint, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's no one source. It's a widespread pain in, in the body, right? Mm. And, and doctors can't explain why it shows up that way. Like, it's, it's not really normal. Like the pain could be anywhere in the body, anywhere. Well, it used to be that you have to actually diagnose it by having a certain number of points in the body to, for that to classify as being widespread. But let's not go into the, the mm. details. But other conditions that are good uh, qualifiers for this sort of treatment and the solutions that we're going to give today are things related to headaches and migraines, right? Which very few have physical structural identifiable cause. <laughs> right. I'm going to yeah. get it right. It's a mouthful. Yes. And then, you know, like uh, lower back pain or, or neck pain, these sort of things. Common stuff. And they're also, yeah. yeah and they're also very common, right? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. So we're not talking about cancer here, right? Like this is not like you know, do a little bit of journaling and two or three yoga poses and you will be rid of cancer. This is not what it's mm. about. But for severe condition, you will not necessarily heal the root cause, but they do produce pain that can become chronic. So that can be helpful for those not to solve the problem, but to help you live with it better while you're getting treatment. Mm. Right. And and it's good that you bring that up, that point where you mentioned that it could take a particular wound or injury anywhere in the body, it would take about three months, you were saying, for it to heal. But even after certain injuries or or issues in the body physically heal, some of us, a lot of us actually continue to experience the pain, right? And that reminds me of the points that we were trying to make in the second part of this series, where we talk about the root cause of pain, where pain is not necessarily singularly physically or just psychologically it's a case of both right yeah, and it's absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's a case of both and there was also a point where i think alan was the one who mentioned that chronic pain is more often a response a maladaptive response um in a way like it's almost automated mm. right mm. and that what it takes is not necessarily just one particular method or way, but mm. it takes more than just that. It takes um, it takes a village <laughs> to to address a particular issue, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the pain that we experience, I remember speaking from the that particular episode. A lot of the pain that we experience could be more towards automated, like a fear response. You experience it once and your body went into certain reaction or mm. way of responding to that trigger. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it creates certain pathways in our brain to react that way the next time you see a certain trigger, even though there's no identifiable structural causes. <laughs> it's a mouthful for me even more. <laughs> right. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we need to, to recalibrate our, our neural pathways or high, highways, if you want, because when we overuse, then the pain becomes the easy response for the body when it feels there's a threat, mm. right? It's, it's like somebody who's just, you know, trying to hide under the table if they see a, a rat or something like that. Like the rat is not necessarily a, a death threat. We're, we're way bigger than it and it will try to hide from us, right? So... It's, it's not really adapted 
and the person can do something to to actually control that that fear response so that they can be living more peacefully because mm. rats uh. in Southeast Asia are not we cannot really avoid them right they're just going to be here yeah and what's what's interesting is that we have uh, associative networks right because there's multiple areas of the brain that that get activated when we whenever we create a memory and especially one that is connected to a uh, a threat and maybe fear eventually mm. and we can tell how how difficult it it can be but also how it's possible with the idea of uh, you know having a breakup or having lost someone and and being grieving because at that yeah. point, whatever it is that we're eating, the places that we're going, the things that we're doing, you know, activities or, you know, socializing, we would wish that the person is here or we would think that they would like the song. And then it just keeps bringing us to that pain because mm. we associate certain things, right? So that's an example of how things are actually interconnected inside the brain. Yeah, mm. yeah. So pain is is quite complex, yeah. Mm. And because of that, there shouldn't be any quick fix, right? Mm. Something like this, I feel like it's important for us to see pain as signals. It's our own body communicating to us, mm. right? Our own system sending us message. So it takes time for us to understand and try to really find out what is this message that I need to decrypt, right? Mm. So that I can go back to having a healthier life, you know? So it's like a pentathlon, right, Alan? I think you mentioned <laughs> it's not like a hundred meter dash, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, no quick we, we can't yeah. just see this as something that we're going to do very quickly in between mm. two other things. Or like one solution fix all kind of yeah. problem, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, we, we need to actually make this some kind of priority. And the more we have been living for a long time with something that is debilitating and the more we're likely to actually really Seek try hard yeah. and to, to really dedicate ourselves to it. Mm. And in a way, that is why this pain exists, because the more we have it and the more it's going to capture our attention, which is the point, right? It's a communication tool from the body. But we, we can't even see it as a marathon, because there's going to be multiple disciplines involved. We're not going to be able to tell what is the thing that we need to do. And we know 95% of the time, this is the one thing that you need to do. And then you put it to, to rest and go back with your life. It's going to require us to work with different things mm. and, and to invest ourselves. Mm. But it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be uh, easy. <laughs> Um, it sounds like a simple thing to do, like, oh, all you need to do is just, you know, find a holistic healthcare approach and and do it and your problems will be solved. Or it's not as easy, as simple as a lot of the things that are promoted or more um, glorified out there. Mm. You know, like, like Devi mentioned, the quick fixes, mm. like yeah. a certain diet. Right or one brand, a particular a brand, brand yeah. is going to or fix a certain it. Fitness yeah. regime, yeah, that's popular at that time. It's going to help you fix whatever issues that you are facing with your health. Yeah. Today we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about what do we mean by it's simple. 
What do we mean? What do we mean by holistic? Maybe what do we mean by a multi-pronged approach and not just mm. a one-way street to solve a particular issue that we have with pain and yeah. our health in general? So basically what we're doing is we're, we're going to talk about the solutions, but to give a little bit of structure so it's not overwhelming mm. and you can follow along, see which part we're in. We're going to talk about five different categories mm. of solutions. So there are going to be number one, what you eat, your diet, how you sense, which is, you know, uh, body work and energy, how you move, movement practices, how you think, which is the more the therapy and psychotherapy part. And number five, how you express. So uh, mm. using expressive arts therapy. And I, I want to clarify that these boxes are, they're arbitrary. Like they're just like little clouds of colors and they, they, all of these uh, modalities and techniques, they all overlap with one another. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. we're just doing that to be able to give some structure, but we can't really stick to it entirely. So some of the things that we say are going to go across those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And one thing that is very important that... I want people who are out there because we're actually doing this for you. You out there who, who are suffering and have been living with this, this condition of chronic pain that doesn't seem to have an, any explanation or a solution, right? Even if you may have been given some diagnosis, right? It's important to realize that not one thing will do it. Christy Whippy, who used to be the associate director of the Pain Psychology Center in LA, said that this is part of the things that people find the hard way on the journey through chronic pain. Mm. That you, you won't necessarily know what is the thing that's going to work the best for you. And it's almost always going to be a combination. And sometimes we won't even notice that there is some improvement unless we make it a point to be aware of that. Mm. So something really critical to, to understand because people who have gone through and are talking to the people who are still in the process, are trying to get that across, you know, but it's hard when you're still doing it. Mm. So let's dive right in. And I'm, I'm going to try to talk as briefly as possible about what you eat and diet, because this is something that we speak about regularly, I think, and it's still yep. going to come back. But I want to bring diet from a very specific perspective today in the lens of chronic pain. I start with that because it's at the foundation of everything. Our cells in our body are renewing themselves all the time. Before we were born, we actually spent a few months inside inside the womb and our cells actually, some of them, some of them died and weren't even there when we came out. So yeah. that means we need to churn the food that we eat to create new blocks of who we are and how we are, this body that we have. And so wow. that is absolutely critical. You really are what you eat. Exactly. We absolutely <laughs> yeah. cannot just overstate how this is important. And, and why mm. you should care about this is because there's something called inflammation, right? Which is connected with chronic pain, but it's not, it doesn't stop there. The food that we eat can create inflammation if we pick the wrong ones. And on top of that, this is associated with symptoms of psychological trauma it's also associated with autoimmune diseases and all sorts of uh, other chronic conditions such as uh, uh, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, 
kidney disease, you name it. Almost all conditions that we know of that are long-term would have some kind of component mm. of inflammation. Even depression mm. has a component of inflammation in the body. Mm. Now, just to be clear, inflammation is good if it's only happening when you need it and it stays for a while until the healing happens and then it disappears. It's the same as saying, you know, you have somebody who is just showing up at your house and saying like, hey, there's a very nice brand new red Ferrari in front of your house. It's all yours. You mean, what do you mean? It's, there's no catch? Well, there is. It has no brakes. <laughs> who wants to drive that car? Mm. Right? You can go as fast as you want, but you can never brake. That's a one-way trip. Mm. Right. And this is what we don't want for our body. We want to have the system in which we can create inflammation with the accelerator and stop it with the brakes. Yeah. Important. And how how our food uh, works with that is because we're actually not just feeding ourselves. We're also feeding our microbiome inside the gut. Mm. And and these little fellas down there, we can have the good ones or the bad ones. It's not that they're good or bad generally. They're just good or bad for us. Yeah. And we can either have the ones that are helping our system be healthy, the ones that our, our body was designed to work with, and those ones will create things like short-chain fatty acids, like butyrate, that are very, very important because they're actually an integral part of the immune system. And 70% of our immune system is actually located in uh, one layer of the gut lining, which is only one cell wide. 70%. So we really need to take care of that gut. Yeah. Mm. And if we don't have the right kind of food, what happens is it's like voting. You're voting for the kind of bacteria mm. that is going to actually create what we call endotoxins. Endotoxins are going to damage that gut lining and they're going to open the way for pathogens to actually go inside the bloodstream and just wow. start causing all sorts of havocs. And then when you actually get to that point... God knows what is the condition that you're going to get after that because it's like, you know, the gates of hell have opened <laughs> and they're in your mm. gut. Mm. So it's also important to know that, um, for example, I was, I was looking at a webinar that Claudia Sommers, who is the president of the International Association for the Study of Pain, Mm-hmm. And she showed in research that people who have fibromyalgia, so basically the poster child of uh, chronic pain. Chronic pain, yeah. Right? We said that. They have less anti-inflammatory markers, so less, less of the break who stop the inflammation, oh, wow. right? Uh, interleukins 4 and 10, she was, she was saying. Mm. Another thing that's not going to make a lot of friends. Not very popular <laughs> opinion. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be, be very popular saying that, but when we have food cravings, the same areas of the brain as heroin addicts light up. That says a lot about our relationship with food. Mm, Yeah. So we can't deny that there's something that really needs to be looked at. But the issue Mm. is that when you have heroin addiction, you generally don't try to solve it yourself. You check yourself in into a rehab center because it's really hard to fight. Right. But when when Mm. it comes to food, we just somehow feel that we can just handle it ourselves. And if you can, that's great. But in many cases, you have to give yourself an advantage and a, and a head start by, by actually doing some kind of detox that can put yourself in the right position to change your diet. 
Because it ain't going to be easy. Yeah. Right? Right. Who's yeah. going to stop you from reaching out for those snacks? So easily available. Just go to the shop at the back of the house and like get them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're cheap and they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, and I'm, I'm just wowing over here because just to think about the amount of times, how often we eat in a mm. day for the past 30 years and we are not made aware of the details of the processes of how these things affect the hormones and and just the ecosystem inside our body like mind-blowing can you imagine the amount of destruction that we have been doing to this very yeah. complex and important vessel the problem you see is yeah. we already kind of touched yeah. on that last time but there's a lack of incentive financial incentive for us to be healthy there's more money to be made in fixing problems temporarily or selling snacks than there is from getting us to be healthy supplements well yeah but <laughs> well, i guess you're uh, guessing my next shortcut point. yeah <laughs> a lot of people think that they can skip diet by supplementing that doesn't work because it's it's again our our, our food needs to be whole the benefits mm. that we get from the food is because it is the way it is naturally in its environment. When it starts to be packaged, we actually bleach it out and remove all of the things that would be good for us. And the number one thing that suffers is fiber. Yeah. And fiber is absolutely essential, not, not necessarily for us individually, but to feed the bacteria that would give us the stuff that we need to survive. So... The three, I'm going to go quickly for mm. this, but the three zero cost thing that we can do, because there's going to be one in each category, stop eating crap. And I'm gleefully smiling saying that because I'm not swearing. It's actually an acronym. <laughs> it's called calorie rich and processed foods. Ah. Right. So we want to eliminate processed food. We want less of the bad stuff, more of the good stuff. So start with easy steps, which is to remove the processed food and replace them with whole foods. Anna Jonesy, if you're listening to this, just <laughs> yes. Uh, shout out I, to you. Shout out to you. I didn't remember the name. Uh, it was Michael Pollan, right, who said, just eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Don't smoke. Mm. That old, yeah, well, we could talk about that, right? And I'm, again, not going to make too many friends saying that, but meat is not good for us. You can take it as a treat from time to time, but it, it is not what we were made for. And red meat, it's a, it's a class one carcinogen. Who wants cancer? Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. animal byproducts, right? Dairy as well, not just meat. Yeah. Dairy yeah. and eggs. Yeah. We could spend an whole episode, but I want to move <laughs> to the other thing. We actually yeah, yeah. did diet and lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. There's still yeah. so much yeah. to talk about, but so yeah, and 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 we can go on and on about it, right? But, but uh, let's not. <laughs> let's not because there won't be enough time. As we already mentioned earlier, we want to go through all the possible dimensions that we can cover in this episode that could be, uh, like a package solutions. Mm. Uh, especially to our readers. And that's just the food bit, right? Mm. That's just right. the food part. Yeah. How about the other things that we are talking about in terms of holistically approaching chronic pain? Yeah, well, there is how we sense. So just now we talk about how we eat, right? Our diet. Mm. And I think how we sense is equally important. It's about yeah. body work 
and energy. And actually, a lot of people ask me about body work. So body work is broader than a massage. To put it simply, massage is a form of body work, mm-hmm. but body work is more than just massage. So knowing like different wow. massage techniques is part of body work. Mm. Does that mm. make sense? Like it's an umbrella term for various kinds of therapeutic touch techniques. Ah. We also use energy, healing. It's a combination of Western and Eastern approaches, right? And to give you an example, like if you go to a spa or a massage place, right? You go in and they will give you a menu that lists out their services, and, you know, the duration of the treatments, the massage, and mm. then you just pick whichever ones you want, right? Mm. Not necessarily what you need, which we will talk in, in a little bit, what I mean by that. So you just pick what you want. Like for me, I love hot stone, so I always go for hot stone massage. And then, you know, within five minutes, you're on a bed and you're being uh, worked on by a therapist, by a massage therapist, mm. Right. And um, uh, the sequence that they do, the strokes, the sets of strokes in the hot stone, for example, a 60-minute hot stone or a 90-minute hot stone could be the same. It's it's if you see, um, if you compare it to a dance, it's like a choreographed dance. So Mm. it doesn't matter who is the dancer. So it doesn't matter who is the client, what uh, that same sequence can be used in thousands and thousands of bodies. It doesn't matter what is that. Like a template. Like Like a a template. template. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. With, you know, of course, some minor adjustments. If you say, hey, can you please work more on the shoulder? They probably will spend a little bit more time on that area. Right. So the body work we do is distinct in a sense that we always have a consultation. So you can't just come in and and be served with a menu and then pick what you want. You first need to have a consultation with a body worker or or a holistic uh, health practitioner so that we can get to know each other, right? To see if we are a good match, first of all. And also, most importantly, as a body worker, we need to know what are your histories, what are your past experience, what are your current experience, Mm. what are your pain like? you know? And so that's why the consultation is very important so that we can then go to assessment. We can assess where we might want to focus on, right? Mm. Where is Mm. this, the the root cause? For example, if you come in with a chronic pain on your nape, on the uh, back of your neck that you've been having for years, you know, we want to have that conversation, that deeper conversation to really, really find out, like, what we need to do. Then from the assessment, the body worker and the client can then come up with a customized plan. Mm. Right? So that will include what you want, what the clients may want, uh, but also definitely what they need. Right? So More importantly. Yeah. Mm. So what they need means it's customized. So it's almost like a prescribed... Um, 
work, body work, right? A, pres a prescribed therapeutic touch technique, a prescribed stroke that we use for this particular client. Because every body is different. Yes, that's right. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is very important. Why I think if you have a chronic pain or if you're suffering from a, a chronic illness or living, I would rather use that word living or thriving mm -hmm. with despite your chronic illness or chronic pain, it is always beneficial, I feel, for you to understand that there could be traumatic response in your system that mm. has lodged itself in your body, right? Mm. And we actually need to work to release those blockages in, in, in your system. And when mm. I say system, it doesn't mean that it's just in the body. It's the mind-body can also be in the mind, as we yeah. uh, mentioned before, right? Yep. Headache and migraines, right? As an example, only 5% has the identifiable, identifiable. <laughs> <laughs> right, physical structure. Mm. So 95%, this is where I think teaching you how to sense again is very important. And Bessel van der Kolk is the author of The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. He said that interoception heals trauma. So ah. this is a very important message. And that's why one of our solution is how to sense because interoception is about getting to know how you feel inside mm. your body. It's not about looking outside anymore. It's not about finding what's the external causes. You know, it's mm. about learning to re-regulate yourself, right? Going inward. Going inward kind of sensing what, what am I feeling right now? What's, what do I feel in my belly? How is mm. my breathing, right? Mm. And sensing your heartbeat, for example, is it, is it getting faster or is it getting slower? So that you can re-regulate yourself and you can make better choices to heal. Basically, you can be, like I said before, the master of your own body and mind, the master of your own health uh, system. Mm. Right. So uh, that's why knowing how to sense is important through uh, doing body work. Wow. Yeah. So uh, basically, in essence, right, what Bessel van der Kolk uh, is saying is that or what it means is that we need to have continuous uh, communication with our internal experience with how we with how we sense ourselves mm. right mm. inside not just the emotions like anger and um uh, sadness but but senses like cold heat warm listen you know? to your body right yeah. yeah yeah all the signals that your body is trying to say to you trying mm. to communicate with you yeah yeah and right? that's that's interesting right because you you actually hear that from time to time when you go to 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 a yoga class. Um, they will say that yeah. you know the body is always communicating, but are we listening? You know, and mm. in a sense that that's that's kind of what it means because um, without generalizing too much, um, there, there there are usually two responses that people can have to a traumatic experience, and as a result of that, they they can either numb 
which means that they will actually have uh, an almost complete uh, shutdown of the sensation. So the body and the brain don't communicate much anymore. Or it's more like maybe uh, the brain is uh, choosing to ignore the sensations that the body is, continues to send. Mm. Or you have the opposite would be that would be um, hypervigilance. And you have people who are always on edge and always checking for something. They can't sit down. Mm. Completely wired all the time, right? That's uh, that's a response that you, you see in uh, people who are having uh, anxiety mm -hmm. that can rank up all the way to a panic attack, right? And mm. so that's what it means. It's that interoception is just balancing... Uh, what the body is saying to our needs and which which of those signals we want to pay attention to to actually change how we behave and how we live. Mm. And regaining uh, control over that means that we are now able to, you know, turn off the autopilot and be more deliberate and be more intentional about our life. Because right. that was one of the big uh, takeaways, right? That we're living on autopilot 95% of the time, but mm. that autopilot doesn't lead us to to happiness. It leads us to survival. Yeah. yeah. And, and talking about survival, uh, Peter Levine's work, another uh, master therapist and uh, trauma expert, is very interesting because he's, he's looking at the, the, the trauma or survival response in animals as well. And when you see animals that, that think that they're about to be attacked by a predator, some of them will, will feign death and they will mm. just become really stiff instantly and you can touch them and you, you'll just, they will feel like a block of wood. But when the fear is actually gone, because in, in some animals, they just sniff it. And if it's not live, they're not going to be interested to, to eat it and they'll just go away. And then after a while, when the animal is sensing that uh, there's no danger anymore, what it will do is it will shake uncontrollably for a while. And then it will just go back to its regular business. And that shaking is really important. You wow. can actually check it on YouTube, you know, you, you can mm. check Peter Levine and you will find some of the videos of uh, polar bears who have been tranquilized or other animals. Really, really interesting to watch. Mm. And, and, that, and that's why vibration uh, is important in the body. And as a result of that, there's uh, one method called uh, TRE, which is mm. trauma release exercise, for example, which uh, really focuses on creating the kind of vibration that allows us to release that stress because... One of the things that I see, that we see in body work and why we think it's needed is that accumulated pent-up tension in the body that we completely forget about. Mm. Because yeah. if you see an animal, right, like if you see cats at the mating season and then two males are just trying to decide which one is the alpha, mm. they're incredibly stiff. Like they're trying to be as big as possible. And, and this is what we do in our everyday life when we walk around full of stress. We tense ah, our muscles. Yeah. But the thing is, we forget that they're tense and we just leave them that way and move on with our life, which means we, we never switch off the, the stress response. Wow. And, and then you have people who, who rock up for uh, therapy or of any kind, right? Including chronic pain. And I, I'm there trying to ask them to relax their hips and they're mm. like I'm relaxed and, mm. and I, I see that hip which is hanging up in midair whereas if it was actually relaxed right it would be mm. just hanging on to the side and just being close to flat on the on the side but that's not how it, how it goes 
and and we don't know it. So like we think this is relaxed. So mm. working with a therapist allows us to know what things should be so we can work that neural pathway and just release that stress because when we release the muscle tension then the brain will stop having that threat and stress response mm. it works both ways mm. fascinating yeah. <laughs> and then and then there's also um when it comes to how we sense right i bet it's not just about touching it's not just about um um movement but um, there's also the energy part which i uh, feel is also something that a lot of people struggle to understand much less believe in when it comes to the energy part of how we sense and why that's important and i think devi made a good point the difference between normal spa massages mm. where they just serve you the menu and another one where it's more intuitive where there's more digging into what does the patient or the client needs as opposed to other clients right so there's energy involved as well i believe yeah mm. when 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 devi talks about body work right yeah. yeah maybe i can take that because yeah. i go ahead i think it's fair to say that i i was a uh, skeptical <laughs> about all these things yeah. you know being an engineer and growing you know being being educated in a very um scientific mindset you know it just doubt every single thing rigid <laughs> if you can yeah psycho rigid um, probably actually rigid in my body as well until i actually found out what was the reason of all that that yeah. um pent up stress but i i was skeptical about all this uh, energy stuff even though i had some exposure to it and um what i can tell people who are skeptical is that you know if you watch a, a movie that has some cia interrogation where they're just trying to check somebody if they're lying about something right like usually russians right <laughs> but uh you you will see somebody take a polygraph mm. and the, that polygraph is uh, quite a number of different instruments but part of that you have uh, the measurement of electrodermal activity eda and mm. that's basically the skin electrical potential because yeah. the skin actually in itself has an electric signal by itself so energy is always there inside inside the body and even the neurons right they're they're actually using an electrical charge for them to communicate the signal and just pass it on to the 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 nerves and the and the brain mm. so energy yeah. is all over our body but even if a massage therapist would touch there would be an energy interaction right yeah it's just that whether or not we are mindful of that energy's mm. existence or not absolutely right, right? just yes. it, yeah it's thera therapeutic um activities need to be intentional and deliberate mm. and mm. that's what makes it powerful not just because of the tools but also because of the intention yeah, mm, yeah. and intention is energy intention mm. sets the whole uh, vibration of the space the vibration in your body and how you relate to the client wow. definitely very important yeah and yeah. for those who are again skeptical mm. get <laughs> an functional mri of somebody's brain while they're having a certain intention and specific parts of the brain will actually light up wow right yeah. but this is just 
us seeing the thing, but what actually happens is more than just the MRI and, uh, and that, that part of the brain. Like, for example, sometimes you, you, you can feel something in the air. Like, I have walked up in rooms where I don't know what was the history of that room or what just had happened, but I could feel that the air was tense. Mm, yeah yeah right because after that you ask and you you actually find out that there was a clash just before you came in and people are actually tensing their bodies when when that happens and somehow in a way that there's nothing we have nowadays that can actually measure what's going on in that room but we can feel it so our body in itself is a measuring instrument but we tend to disregard that mm. right everyone is psychic if they pay attention <laughs> it's true right yeah that's everyone a good can quote be a psychic yeah <laughs> everyone can be a psychic if we just pay attention it's just that more often than not we tend to ignore these things because why because they're unseen maybe huh maybe it's hard to see yeah but everything or needs to curve. be calibrated right because for our yeah. intuition to actually be right it needs to be trained so the craving that we have to go and grab those snacks after midnight is not intuition. <laughs> okay? do, do, do not use my words to, to try and justify your behaviors. <laughs> but okay, let's just come back to uh, seriousness uh, for now. So body work makes use of those uh, meridians and, and, and sand lines, right? Which are highways that allow free energy circulation in, in the body. And then when we have the right kind of circulation in our body, our mind can be at peace, which is some kind of um, wisdom that is shared with yoga. And in, in some way, actually, there is a connection between yoga and meridians and, and the, the Chinese uh, traditional uh, medicine, mm. right? So most people would be familiar, I think, in Southeast Asia with acupuncture. If they haven't taken treatment themselves, they know people that have and they they they're aware that it exists. There's also acupressure, which doesn't necessarily use the needles. But basically, they rely on the same principle that you have those highways in, in the body. And uh, some of the methods that we use, for example, uh, SEA bodywork, which was uh, created by Mike Tan. Shout out mm -hmm. to Mike Tan for creating this uh, wonderful um, bodywork modality that has amazing, yeah, amazing effects and results. Work. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to experience that someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Mike Tan used to joke when we were taking the training because it's he's he was based in Thailand, and so people would make silly jokes about happy ending massage and stuff like that, which is mm. why we we have that disclaimer about difference between a massage quote unquote, and body work, because we need to be very mm. clear with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the way that Mike Tan would actually uh, reply to those people trying to be funny, he said, oh, yes, don't worry. The happy ending is when I stop touching you. <laughs> 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 because deep work can involve uh, pain as well. Discomfort. Right? And yeah. Discomfort. Mm, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, jokes aside, so uh, even though we're comfortable with the idea of acupuncture, for Western-minded and more scientific-oriented people, it's been a bit of a struggle. But now things are coming into alignment, so to speak, because uh, a lot of science has been uh, going on in the past 10, 20 years that validate these ancient techniques. And for example, uh, uh, one of the leaders in, in that field is Chu Fuma at um, Harvard Medical School, and he's been doing a lot of work 
And recently, one of the experiments that I think was kind of interesting for a lot of people is um, it was in mice, right? But he, he was able to show that by applying uh, acupuncture to certain points and not others, he was able to stop cytokine storms, which, you know, related to wow. COVID-19 yeah. are this overreaction of the immune system mm. against uh, what's happening uh, inside the body. So, of course, there's multiple other studies that involve humans as well, right? And, and then things are going to continue to evolve in that direction. But generally speaking, uh, medical science prefers to look at the tangible, hard, crude body. Right? In yoga, we would call that a crude body. And so, basically, those meridians are aligned with nerves. Mm. And then how about heat? Right there, mm. We know there are also many um, available heat-related or heat-producing therapeutic uh, mm. treatments out there. Yeah, and heat um, is energy, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, how about that? How, explain how does heat help in the process as well and, and why we need to consider it more in mm. when, when we are dealing with chronic pain. Yeah, maybe I can ask you, Amy, did you have a hard day today? <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or like when, when you've been hiking, you know, for miles or you've been, I don't know, outdoor doing some intensive like labor work, for example. Mm. What, do you, what do you want to do usually? A nice warm shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now, now it connects. We naturally crave for that kind of closure to our day when we've had a really long and tiring day. Yeah. And we either we go, we want to have a nice warm bath or even sometimes soaking our feet in warm water yeah. helps as well, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we should actually just soak our feet in, we call it a foot bath. Right, with, yeah, with yeah, very yeah. warm water, almost almost hot, but not burning hot water. Mm. Uh, you know, once a week that would that would do you great. Mm. And yeah, and also the treatment that's personally prescribed to me <laughs> to relieve tension and anxiety, and even to help with my health, general well being. I would say the spinal treatment machine, right, Devi? And, yeah. and how you always go on about the heat. Like the hotter, the better for our body. Well, as much as our body can take it, lah. Yeah. But yeah, explain how that works with our body to help the healing process better. Well, like you said, you know, it relief pain for sure. So those of you who have chronic pain, heat is really, really good for you. Um, it releases all the tension, that all the blockages, also all the tension in your muscles. And it helps or enhance circulation of your blood, right? So that there's mm. more oxygen circulating in your body. Mm. Uh, and going through the areas of pain where you're, you're feeling chronic pain, right? So it enhances healing basically through detox. Because this circulation also helps or induces detoxifying effect, right, in your body. Ah, yeah. And it also brings nutrients and, uh, you know, it takes out all the debris and the toxins that, that you don't need. So it's actually cleansing your cell. So, yeah, it enhances healing overall. 
And uh, yeah, I think Alan has also some interesting numbers about this, in particular about the far infrared. Yeah, far ah, infrared yeah. is, a, is the, the part of the infrared that is, has been most studied. And so there's good evidence that it's, it's, it's really good for us. And it penetrates deeper into the tissue. So depending on what uh, tissue we're talking about, four to ten centimeters maybe, which uh, is is what makes it impactful on our health because it can actually go through more of those blood vessels that carry all the the circulation, but also the the, the lymph, right? Mm. Yeah, the lymphatic yeah. system. Yeah. And what's good about these health enhancement machines that that we have in uh, in the center, which uh, we we all use actually even for our personal use mm-hmm. is that in one session you combine the effect of this heat detox is what I would personally call it with uh, spinal adjustments because it it takes very little deviation in in your spine sometimes for you to feel strange and to you know to have a sensation of having headaches because the neck for example is a part uh, that is quite fragile and you can create a lot of things is what's happening um, towards mm. uh, our, our head because the brain requires a lot of uh, nutrients and, and resources right so we need to make sure that that highway is properly flowing so there is no blockages around the bottleneck of well the bottleneck of our neck <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, and then so it's great to be able to receive that treatment with the heat detox and the spinal adjustment while listening to some soothing music and lying down on the bed and you don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also when it comes to sensing, working in our senses can help but also bring in the environment, the nature, nature elements into how we sense, how we notice or are mindful or not, conscious or not, mm. of our relationship with our surroundings, right? Mm, right. And yeah, I mean, uh, walking in nature, spending time in, in nature is also one of the prescriptions that a center like Liku Liku would prescribe, right? Would suggest to people if we really want to get holistic about our health. Yeah, yeah. And it, it actually relieves or heals chronic pain, in, in a lot of people I've seen. And that's why it's a must. It's a, a compulsory in my in all of my retreats, mm. in all of my health retreats, right? Um, so yeah, walks in nature, it's, uh, it's an ecosomatic experience that we have. And what it is, is basically a whole body experience, right? That can actually help facilitate healing. And why? Because you're basically reconnecting with nature, with the environment around you, with the plants, with animals, fungi, bacteria, with the weather. You're actually aware of the weather, water, the sun rays, the heat. You can actually sense the temperature. I mean, you name it. Like when you're out in nature, there is this multi-sensory experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, for that that a human being needs and not the kind of multi-sensory experience where you are inside an office, the light is so bright, the noise is just jarring and people are talking like in a loud restaurant, for example, right? Where things are clanking. 
Yeah, or simply looking at the computer screen, especially for kids nowadays. Multisensory right. is in that sense. In that sense, yeah. 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 So, so it's not that that we're talking about. No, yeah. not that kind of multisensory mm. effect, right? So just this ecosomatic experience really, really is a very powerful healing practice. Yeah, a modality. It's yeah. funny, actually, because I, I was watching uh, Zach Bush and he was also saying during one of his live talks that it's one of the compulsory activities that he prescribes for people who are coming to him. No matter what is the condition that they have, they can have cancer, they can they can have mental health issues, they can have uh, chronic conditions or pain. It's the same goes for everyone. Just go and connect with nature because this is where we, we, we come from. How do we get to a point where we have to explain to ourselves why nature is good for us? Yeah, that's crazy, right? Like, why do we get into this kind of narrative? That's how disconnected we've been. Right? That's how it used to be when we were made. Mm. The rest has happened like the blink of a second when you look at the history of humanity industrialization mm. exactly so yeah. what do we need to convince anyone that these these are really our roots and the environment to which our bodies are acclimated right mm, mm. and uh, in in japan since the 1980s they actually have coined the term uh, forest bathing mm. this is what you do a two to three hour where you just basically be in the forest yeah and and you take mm. it in and this is not some woo-woo stuff, right? Like there's innumerable number of studies who are just saying that watching nature will almost immediately create a sense of well-being, lower our cortisol, which is the stress hormone, right? And there's even a few studies, just one which I will mention in Canada and Toronto, they've mm. actually calculated that the people who were living in blocks that had trees in them had health equivalent to those that had $20,000 more in income. Oh. We always say the better your income, the better your health because you have better access to almost everything, right? $20,000 just because there's trees in your block. And there's many, many studies like that. Just because you are living within a certain distance from a park, even if you don't use the park, you will actually have health benefits. Wow, amazing. It is wow. crazy. Cause, yeah, because it's in the air that we breathe. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. It's yeah. A, Do we need to be convinced that trees are good for us? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently yeah. we do. Everybody's stuck on screens these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And it's free. You literally don't have to pay to look at nature or look at trees or hug trees or spend time in nature. Well, it's not true for the Kinabalu Park. <laughs> Especially oh. if you're a foreigner, you have to yeah. pay extra. <laughs> Which is a bit of a shock for somebody who's coming from, well, you know, Europe where everything is free. Yeah, yeah that's true. But but there are um, many, uh, I would say, open spaces, public parks that people can actually still make use of rather than... True. Yeah, rather than throng into buildings like shopping malls and, mm. you know, mm. convention centers. But anyway, would there be mm -hmm. any other um, cost-free steps or methods or modalities that people can practice on themselves? Mm. Yeah, the yoga self-massage 
right, that I learned from Ananda Marga when I, when I got retrained again the second time for my yoga teaching certification. That's the first time I actually learned a yogic self-massage. So it's self-touch, right? And self-touch has been known to be able to suppress pain, right? right. So yeah. I think Alan gave an example when we stub our toes or when we bump our toes into something, it's like, ouch, mm-hmm. like what's the first thing we do? We actually grab the toe, right? Mm. We don't like run away from it. We actually like <laughs> it's go. Hard to run away from your toe. But. <laughs> Sever yeah. the toe. <laughs> Sever the toe. Yeah, what I'm saying is we don't just like look the other way. Yeah. Sorry. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't look the other way, but we actually come close to yeah, it. Right. It. Mm. And I think it's, um, yeah, you're a mother, Amy. You do the same also for your kids, right? When they are. They do it on their own as well for themselves. So, yeah, mm. it's, it's natural. It's it naturally comes to us. Yeah. yeah. When somebody's in pain, automatically you want to touch. So, mm. for this, it's free. It's absolutely free. And it's, it's a short amount of time. You can do it anywhere. You can do it sitting down. You can do it at your office. You just have to know the proper sequence. So, you can check out the video. You can just type on Google yoga self massage, Ananda Marga. And you get that one. Yeah. Or I think the video is called lymphatic drainage massage because that's, yeah. that's what it's for. And it's actually compulsory to do it at the end of an asana practice. So after you do a yoga, like hatha yoga practice, then we, we do that. We do the self-massage and then we go into shavasana, mm. right? Yeah. The corpse pose where we can just relax or we can do dharana. So yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube and then it's very clear. It's a follow along. So you can just follow along. And after a while, you know the sequence. I think you know the sequence, right, Amy, for this self-massage? I think I still remember. Well, yeah. Let's teach it during I, your training. So I, you yeah, better remember. I would, need, <laughs> I would need some refresher course. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to do this. If you, if you can do this just once a day, mm. you know, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, that's all it takes. Mm. And sometimes I, yeah. the, the effect of showing up for ourselves and taking time for self-care is already a big step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't take time for ourselves. And when we do, it's not necessarily to do the things that are actually really good for us, health-wise. And yeah. knowing that you did anyway right mm. and knowing that you did you did something the feeling in itself the energy that you feel about what you did can also help you i believe in the healing process one way or another mm. and wow those are just like two aspects or <laughs> dimension or elements of the total package that we would like to share with our listeners on how do we approach pain issues in our life in more holistic manner. So we talked about what you eat, how we eat, and we talked about how we sense. And uh, there's not any enough time for us to cover everything, so we hope that you will stay tuned because um, it wouldn't be complete if you don't listen to the next couple of episodes. The, the series, the topic of pain that we want to share with you would not be complete if you don't. So stay tuned for the next 
couple of episodes or stay tuned forever. <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Devi, for sharing your insights. So uh, if you would like to tune into our previous episode, again, do tune them in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also on Anchor. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned. And until the next episode, this is Liku Liku, Liku out. out. Oh my God, that was an entire episode. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>